Hi, this is Kirk Reed. Bear with me as we need a little compliance disclosure. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's generally not the case with callers we speak with on the show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. After all, we just met. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Callers should check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we may make. At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. Investment returns are not guaranteed, and past performance does not guarantee future results. You're listening to McNamara Money. Again, my name is Kirk Reed, joined today by Mike McNamara. We're having a sort of a Thanksgiving type show, and we've been asking for folks to call into the radio with, with happy stories, things that have things that have happened to them or, or their families in their life that, that really stand out to them as happy, happy memories and things that maybe wouldn't have happened, maybe not in the past. One of Mike's questions is, would you rather be born today versus 500 years ago and why? And just some of the things about the country we live in and the, the freedoms that we enjoy. 781-837-4900, if you like to give us a call and share and share a happy story and we're having a happy a happy call contest right don't forget about that we're going to give away three hundred and fifty dollar gift certificates to the happiest calls where we lose it because we're so thrilled to hear from somebody something like that anyway anyway okay kirk so again i'm going to start going through a, a few of these advancements in the world we should be thankful for there are hundreds of them we may have to go take another show to to finish this list but anyway i'm uh Reading from an article written by a fellow by the name of Ben Carlson, okay, and the website is A Wealth of Common Sense. Great idea for a website. Anyway, it's called 50 Ways the World is Getting Better. Okay, and then let's see. Okay, here we go. Number three. In 1997, 42% of the population of both India and China were living in poverty. By 2017, that share had dropped to 12% in India and less than 1% for China. That means almost three quarters of a billion fewer people are living in extreme poverty in these two countries than were just 20 years ago. And one of the nice things about progress, I think it happens fast and accelerates. Certainly, that that's certainly easy to say in the technology world. Yeah. Right? I, I get a headache in terms of how fast some of these things evolve. And yeah, we older folks don't like change much, but it's okay. <laughs> Most of it's good, so that's a good deal. All right, let's see. In number four, in 1800, among all babies who were ever born, this is ever born, roughly half died during their childhood. Life expectancy was just 30 years and no country had a life expectancy above 40. This is in 1800, 1800 think about that. Okay. A life expectancy above 40. Okay, I don't even know if you can get to be a grandfather by the time you're 40, I'm not sure about that. Anyway, life expectancy at birth was only 45 years in 1870 the average life expectancy around the world today is 72. 72. If you equate living longer <laughs> with progress, <laughs> I sure do. We're enjoying a whole lot more than previous uh, generations of the planet have, that's for sure. Number five, violent crime has been on a downward trend since 1990 in the U.S. 
Just under 14.5 million crimes were reported in 1990. By 2016, that number was well under 9.5 million. I was thinking about some of the statistics like this. Okay, so let's see. Okay, 14.5 million crimes in 1990, okay, down to 9.5 million in 2016. Yeah, we're not zero yet, but you know what? I, if you think about that, but how much bigger did the population get? Mm. during that time. Those percentages are going down while the population is growing up. I wonder what they would look like if they adjusted it for population increase. Folks, this is a caller yep. talk My, radio show, our telephone number. We have a caller. Seven, eight, one. Oh, we do. We in do. that case, let's do it. Yeah, we have John in Marshfield. Good morning, John. Yeah, good morning. My story is similar to, along the lines of what Mike has talked about, which is, I'm grateful for the happiest day of my life, which was a day in the 20th century when I was born in the United States in, in the richest country in the world. And there was only a 5% chance of that happening. Even if I got the timing right, the location was a one in 20 odds. And from that day on, everything has been relatively easy. I think about what life has been the last 290 years, which is really the time we got this country up and running about 15 years after 1776. And I think that what's happened then here, there's just no comparison. Years ago wasn't a whole lot different than 3000 years ago. And I was just blessed to be here at this time, like I'm a total lottery winner and every day since then has been a very easy day, an easier day than anybody for thousands of years before me. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> how wonderful is that? Huh? Holy cow. How many people listening to you, uh, John? I, I wonder, I may be rethinking some things after you're saying that. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? When you think about the odds about being born when and where and how, huh? What, the odds of being born in the United States right now is one in, tw one in 26. And I just I want to mention, even if I won the lottery and was, and was born here as recently as 150 years ago, I could, the richest people in the richest country in the world could only fantasize about the thought of being warm in the winter and cool in the summer and being able to watch the World Series for free on television. Like, that was a fantasy that the richest people in the richest country of all time could only dream of. And today, the poorest people in our country have more than what the richest people in the richest country had not long ago. It's interesting you say that. Let me just interrupt you just one second. And I don't want folks to take this the wrong way. But if you have to be poor, you want to be poor today and not a thousand years ago <laughs> or 500 years ago, to, to your point, correct? Think about that. Holy cow. We have support programs. We try to make do. We try to take care of folks who are less fortunate. Think about being Boy, any other time, and, and what kind of mechanisms were out there to do that? No, not many, right? I didn't mean to interrupt you, on. I just, you're making some pretty powerful points there. The other point, a lot of people think that greed is what makes our economy go. That is totally wrong. What makes our economy grow is the same thing that creates anxiety. It's called jealousy, which is the most stupid sin ever created because it only takes, it never gives, and it always makes you unhappy. So what happens is when you're in the richest country of all time, 
forever and you see the incredible wealth around you, it only makes you relatively unhappy. Think about that. And by the way, the, the reason why people, the reason why people who have a hundred million dollars go to work every day is not out of grief. It's because the guy who's competing against them, who also has a yacht and a Ferrari, like every boring rich person, that guy owns a sports team. And that sports team costs $5 billion. So, like, he has to get his sports team to make him happy. Like, it's just a never-ending level of unhappiness. But the, at the essence of it is, it's because we're so damn rich. One, one, huh. other thing I, one other thing I might add is, in addition to leaving a life that I could only dream of because I was born here, I'm grateful for fate. I don't know about you guys, but, like, for me, almost everything I've sought if I worked for, I achieved, but it's even better. A lot of the things I wanted and didn't get turned out to be disasters. If I did get what I wanted, I would have been penalized. So, like, I'm thankful for what I've not got. You've been a great, a great call. Kirk, you got any questions for John before we let him go or what? Well, I think, those are, I think those are, yeah, I mean, that's those are good perspectives on a lot of things. And, John, I, one of the questions or things that come up a lot of times in, in meetings with clients is they'll be like, what do I need? And am I, is this enough? Is this, and then they'll say, my, my average, where am I? And it's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are as long as you've got enough to do what you want to do. And you're right. People worry too much about what everybody else is doing and it really doesn't matter. And by the way, that doesn't stop at a billion. <laughs> it doesn't even stop it. It doesn't stop at 10 billion. I, yeah. I don't know. Those are all different. It's another world. But no, but uh, seriously, it, if you got if you got a billion, you can't afford a sports team. So, like your buddy who owns a sports team invites his friends to a luxury box to watch his toy, and like your toy is a Ferrari and a yacht. Bo boring. Everybody has that. Like it never ends. By the way, one of the good things about those big rich guys is they employ a whole lot of people and have created a whole <laughs> lot of jobs. When you think about it, it's pretty cool. Huh? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, John, listen, thank you so much for the call. Leave your information with Tim, would you please? And, and again, make our day. We, we appreciate and, that. And keep, All right. Keep up the great work. Too. Keep up the great work. You guys are fantastic. Hey, thank hey, you. Thanks, Take John. Take care. Okay. All righty. How much fun is this, Kirk, huh? No, these are good. These are good calls. 781-837-4900. Give us a call about something you're happy about, folks. God knows you've got plenty of reasons to do that if you start thinking about it in any degree of depth. I'm reading from a list of why the world is a better place here. Let's see here. Okay, here we go. The source is a website called The Wealth of Common Sense. I'm not making this up, folks. Okay, so let's see here. The, uh, the number of deaths from natural disasters is 25% of what it was 100 years ago. Now, let me think about that for a minute. How many more people in the world do we have than we had 100 years ago? Okay, and the number of deaths is down that much. I can, I have a place in Florida, I can, I can remember reading, Kirk, about the hurricane of, I think it was like 1927 or 1928, and it devastated Florida. It flooded Lake Okeechobee and a couple of the towns around Lake Okeechobee and Florida. There were 3,000 people that died, okay, in that awful hurricane for whatever reasons. We just had one miserable hurricane, okay, go through the Fort Myers, Naples area of and southwest Florida. And I, I don't, I've lost count, but... It, I think there are like six or eight people that have died. There may be more, but if it's 100, just think of the difference in, in less than 100 years 
Okay, the improvements. You know, what's responsible for that? How about better constructed homes? How about there's a whole lot of things that go into that, but just think about that. We're making progress, okay, as the world gets bigger. Okay, which is interesting. Yeah, the, te- uh, let's see. the te- technology to forecast those storms and give people adva- yeah. advanced warning. Yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah. there's a thousand things that yeah. relate to that. All of them good. Yeah. Now, let's see here. Okay, here we go. Kirk, you've traveled the world more than I have. You think number so? seven. I know absolutely. So mm-hmm. number seven, flying has gotten twenty one hundred times safer over the past seventy years. Two thousand and sixteen was the second safest year in aviation history, the odds of being fatally injured in a plane crash are just 0.000025%. I don't even know what that is, Kirk, but it's a little number. And I should, because we do math. But anyway, mighty small improvements in aviation and plane travel. Okay, let's see. Oh, here we go, Kirk. The real price of plane travel in the U.S., has fallen by more than half since the late 1970s. Think about that. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Okay, number nine. Between the late Middle Ages and the 20th century, European countries saw a tenfold to 50-fold decline in their rates of homicide. Okay. That's good news. Yeah. All right. Agreed. Okay. Let's see here. Oh, okay. Number 10, the share of homes that had electricity in 1870 was exactly zero. (laughs) This is a U.S. statistic, I guess. Today, the proportion of people with electricity is 85%. Maybe that's the world. Okay, no, I didn't qualify. Let me say that again. The share of homes that had electricity, probably in the world, I guess, in 1870, zero. Today, the proportion of people in the world with electricity, 85%. Whoa. Okay. Number 11. In 1905, a Vermont doctor and his chauffeur were the first to successfully drive a car across the country from San Francisco to New York. (laughs) It took them 63 days. Today, you can fly across the country in a matter of hours while using wireless internet. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Folks, this is a call-in talk radio show. We're looking for happy callers who are glad to be alive today and been born when you were born and where you were born, for that matter. 781-837-4900. Let's see. Number 12. There was, oh, this is a good one. There was no entertainment available to the average family in 1870 except for a few traveling musicians or circus performers or in-home board or card games. Today, our entertainment options are almost unlimited. Yesterday, we got settled. We we purchased a home down the Cape here for a while ago, folks. And yesterday, we were getting settled in. And Justin walks in with a TV that yesterday afternoon, Kirk, and by two o'clock, we were watching a soccer game because he plugged in. I don't even know how he did it. Yeah. And you could have done that. But with a, with your phone and a, a TV plugged in, you're watching television across the world away, okay, in like a two hours. Who'd have thunk when you think about things like that, you know? Um, in high definition. Yeah, yeah. It, it, good picture. Okay, uh, number 12. I mean, I'm sorry, number 13. Close to 20% of males 
born, oh, this is touching home, of close to 20% of males born in the U.S. died before their first birthday in the year 1900. Holy crap, let me read that again. Close to 20% of males born in the United States died before their first birthday in the year 1900. Today, the mortality rate doesn't reach that high until you get age 62. Wow. Yeah. 1900s. Mm. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. More more than 37% of the deaths in 1900 were caused by infectious disease. That number dropped to less than 5% by 1955 and just 2% by 2009. Okay, I'm not sure what the recent numbers are, but they're probably lower if I was to guess. Yeah, think about, yes, we're having a plague, and I don't know what the numbers are statistically, but we probably had a few pretty bad circumstances in history that were probably made a COVID thing. I'm not saying unimportant, but probably smaller than a whole bunch of things the world has experienced previous to that. Uh, that's a guess I'm pretty comfortable with. Let's see here. Ah, here we go. Number 15. Retirement is still a relatively new concept. In the past, most people simply worked until they died. In the year 1870, for those who lived past age 65, the labor force participation ratio for males was close to 90%. Holy moly. So in in 1870, if you were alive past 65, okay, 90% of the males who were in that age group were working. You think about that. I'm 74, but working by choice. And there's a whole lot of folks out there today who are technically retired, who are working by choice, thankfully, not by need. And there's another something to be thankful. By the way, today, less than 20% of the folks over age 65 are working. And I'll bet there's a slug of them by choice. I'd like to see that broken down sometime. You know what I mean? Okay, let's see here. 16, number 16, the average American now retires at age 62. 100 years ago, the average American died at age 51. That's something else. Think about that. Let's see. Number 17. The percentage of the population living past their 65th birthday was only 34% in 1870. It jumped to 56% by 1940 and 77% by the year 2000. We've got a couple minutes to finish this up, right? Yeah, okay. we got, um, I don't know, minute or two, well, two minutes, two a minutes. A couple close to the break here. Yeah. Okay, let's see, number 18. Oh, okay, this is a meaningful one. Up until the 1870s, people, th- people typically worked 11 to 12 hour days. By 1900, the typical worker put in 10 hours a day, six days a week. It wasn't until 1940 that it came down to the standard 40-hour, five-day work week. And these were office jobs sitting behind a desk. The conditions for most workers were terrible and hazardous to their health. Number 19, and this is a meaningful one for me, 
Kirk, you ready for this? Yep. Okay. Time spent on laundry. <laughs> okay, I was semi-serious uh-huh. about that. So, time oh. spent oh. on laundry. We got to take a we got to take a break, Mike, and then you can talk about your laundry. Oh, all right, I was getting excited. All right, shut me off. Sa- okay. save that one for that'll really keep it suspenseful. All right, listen to McNamara on Money. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Mike McNamara. If you're looking for a financial advisor, start by asking him or her three questions. Number one, are you a certified financial planner practitioner? Number two, are you legally held to a fiduciary standard of care for your clients? And number three, do you only give financial advice and not sell investment products? These are all simple yes-no questions. If he or she doesn't answer yes quickly and starts talking, that's a no, and it's time to move on to another advisor. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. My name is Kirk Reed. I'm this morning by Mike McNamara, remotely via technology. One of the wonderful things we're celebrating today. We are having a sort of a Thanksgiving type show about being happy and being thankful for things in your life, experiences that you've had. We've been requesting folks to call in. 781-837-4900 is the phone number for the radio station. And we can, if you're willing to come on on live on the air and share a story with us, a happy story. We have we have a few gift cards that we're going to give out to restaurants for our for our favorite three callers. I don't know how many callers we've had so far. We've had at least three, four maybe. Yeah, four. We've had five so far. Five. Okay. All right. Yep. Uh, so we have. So there's some competition. So if you're going to call, make sure make it a good make it a good one. Seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred. All right. So you're starting to get all heated about your laundry there when we. Cut you I, off. I, was. I wasn't exactly sure where you were going, but I remembered that you wanted to talk about it. All right. By the way, very quickly, let's not forget our listeners in the Merrimack Valley on WCAP, although this show is going taped to them and they can't call in with their happy calls. Maybe we'll have to do this on some Saturday there just to, to get even. We don't want to leave out the happy folks in the Merrimack Valley, I guess, is where I'm going with that. Anyway. And, and I think, oh, right, and, so and, and also, I think I was told that Myla is in the studio floating around. So I imagine she can uh-huh. probably hear us, I think, but who knows? So good morning, Myla, if you can hear me. All anyway, right. anyway, back to the laundry. I digress. All right. So I'm reading from a, an article that was published on the website, A Wealth of Common Sense. And it was basically 50 reasons why we're living in a good time, even if you don't know that, or especially if you don't know that. But anyway, so number, (laughs) all right, so number 19. Okay, time spent on laundry (laughs) fell from 11.5 hours a week in 1920 to 1.5 hours in 2014. And by the way, who knows what it is today? But I can, I personally did, yesterday morning, I personally did laundry, two loads and two dries in less than two hours. So Mm. I was quite proud of myself. And it it didn't take, I didn't have to get down to the river and pound it with a a, a stone or something to get it clean. It was all indoors, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. They were inside, protected from the elements, and uh, and there were no wrinkles probably or less wrinkles because I only have to iron a little bit to do that. Yeah. A shout out to washing machines and dryers. That's what I would say. Anyway, let's see here. Number 20. (laughs) By the late 1600s, one third of the children born in the richest parts of the world died before their fifth birthday. Today, this sad fate befalls just 6% of the children in the poorest parts of the world. 
progress not enough yeah we'll just keep working on it folks that's all you can do all right let's see oh this is a big one and i've read some statistics about this that support this okay okay the proportions of the proportion of people killed annually in wars is less than a quarter of it was what it was in the 1980s one-seventh of what it was in the early 1970s one-eighteenth of what it was in the early 1950s and 0.5 percent of what it was during world war ii okay i want to spend a couple of minutes about that okay folks let me be really clear the world population has boomed and we're having less people die in wars, even if you didn't adjust it for the size of the population. Okay, that we call that progress. One of the things I think, Kirk, is that that because we have such advances in communication and everybody in the world knows what's going on simultaneously, and you can virtually watch a war almost live on techno on any place, TV, whatever you call. And I think that sensitizes us more to worrying about it, which is okay, I guess, to worry about having a war. But in retrospect, we have made profound advances, okay, in settling our differences. I've always said I'd rather have countries fight about money, which we do regularly, than fight about people and killing each other. So, folks, we are making dramatic progress, although it doesn't seem like that, because things are magnified, live, and Maybe we just kind of lose perspective on some of those things. I'm not saying war is a wonderful thing by any stretch, but just maybe we lose a little perspective about the advances that we've made. Diplomacy is a little bit better than killing each other. Kirk, yeah, comment not to not to get into politics or anything like that, but I think I think about that sometimes. About obviously, I'm not a fan of I'm not nobody's a fan of war or death or killing, but I feel like again, I feel whatever money that's spent on our military and it's. To me, it, the peace of mind that it provides is pretty amazing. The fact that there's there's tons and tons of people on a constant lookout for our benefit, and I I think that's a wonderful thing that not every country has that. And whether or not whether or not we're getting the the level that we think we are, but it, it certainly seems that way. And I feel I'm able to sleep at night knowing that knowing that our government and is is looking out for us. Yeah, to, to try, try to keep things in perspective would be the way I would state that. Yep, thank yeah, you. Yeah. All right, number twenty-two. Early in the nineteenth century. 12% of the world could read and write. Today, it's 83%. We call that progress. By the way, if we can read and write and talk, we probably have a better chance of not fighting. Who knows? Hmm. Okay, number 23. Americans are half as likely to be murdered as they were two dozen years ago. That's interesting. Okay. Okay. Oh, here's a good one, Kirk. Number 24, the world's nuclear stockpiles have been reduced by 85% since the Cold War. That's a good thing. <laughs> Applause. Are you right? clapping? Oh. You're clapping. Yeah. Yes, um, I am. <laughs> that, Why not? Yeah, no. Um, that, that, that's one of the scariest thing in the world and yeah, that's I'll tell you about it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey are there are there any not to not to skip ahead but are there any are there any car things on your list i like cars uh, i don't know i don't okay. know there's too many i, I don't want to i'll give you the one about driving across the country in 63 days that's true that was pretty good. that's true yeah. okay you know what? I, right. I read something funny not too long ago about weird things that showed up in cars over history. Yeah. And appa- apparently, I forget what years these were, but apparently at some point they were putting uh, record players in cars. Uh, or at least there was one <laughs> car that 
that you could get it with a record player in the I hope car. there's good shock absorbers in that car. Yeah, I guess it was like, okay, but yeah, it was just funny. Uh, it didn't last very long. Yeah, yeah, I think it was just a gimmick maybe or whatever, but uh, but apparently it was a real thing. Record player right, in a Kirk, car. Your, your question about cars was very appropriate because number 25 All right. says, ready? are you ready for this? Yep. Okay, so over the course of the 20th century, Americans became 96% less likely to be killed in a car accident and 95% less likely to be killed on the job. I'd call that progress. Yep. That's good. Okay. Number 26, the world has gotten richer as measured by gross domestic world product in 51 of the last 55 years. So gross domestic product, making things and taking care of things. Economies are growing and reasonably steady. And if we have economies, we don't have to milk our own cows and slaughter our own chickens or something like that. Okay, let's see. What else we got here? Number 27. In 1929, Americans spent more than 60% of their disposable income on necessities. By 2016, that had fallen to a third. Quality of life, folks. Yeah. Quality of life. Number 28. Since 1960, the fraction of a person's life taken up by work has fallen by 25% through a combination of shorter work weeks, more paid time off, and longer retirement. That's only since 1960. Think about that. huh? Okay. The fact that we're working today on a Saturday morning at our home Okay, not exactly in the salt mine. That kind of is an example of that. Huh? Let's see here. I did have to drive in, by the okay, way. Number, number 29. High school graduation rate was just 9% in 1910. It jumped to 52% in 1940 and 83% today. More smarter people. I'm down with that. Number 30. Every single country in the world today has a lower infant or child mortality rate than it had in 1950. Number 31, a British baby who had survived their first year of life would have lived to 47 in 1845, 57 in 1905, 72 in 1955, and 81 in 2011. A 30-year-old could look forward to another 33 years of life in 1845, another 36 years of life in 1905, another 43 years in 1955, and another 52 years in 2011. Health and medicine on the move, heading in the right direction. Let me, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I was just going to interrupt you and do that. Go ahead. You do it. Yep. We still have about 15 minutes plus or minus. We'd love to get another caller or two or three. 781-837-4900. If you want to call us and share a happy story or something about your life, we're looking for good stories today. And we're, and we have, we have gift cards to give out to our top three callers. However, we deem them to be our favorites. So far we've had four or five. We had five callers so far, but we'd love to get a couple of more. So if you have a happy story you'd like to share with us and everyone listening, Thing. We're trying to send out positive vibes today. Which is easy to do if you think about it, folks. We don't have to strain to do that around here. Okay, number 32. Between 2000 and 2015, 
the number of deaths from malaria, which in the past killed half of the people who had ever lived, fell by 60%. Let me read that again. Between 2000 and 2015, in those 15 years, the number of deaths from malaria, which in the past killed half of the people who had ever lived, that's hard to believe, fell by 60%. Okay, progress, folks. That. I got to think about that. That's a pretty scary statistic when you look backwards about that, huh? Okay, number 33. The control of infectious disease since 1990 has saved the lives of more than 100 million people. 100 million children, I apologize. 100 million children. Number 34. Between 1961 and 2009, the amount of land used to grow food increased by 12%, but the amount of food that was grown increased by 300. Okay, I'm gonna read that one again, that's pretty powerful. Okay, between 1961 and 2009, so we're talking like 50 years, folks, okay? The amount of land used to grow food increased by 12%, but the amount of food that was grown increased by 300%. Thank you, grocery stores. That's all I have to say. Number 35, 1,000 years after Jesus walked the earth, the world was barely any richer. It took 500 years for income to double from there. Then between 1820 and 1900, the world's income tripled. It tripled again in a little more than 50 years. It took only 25 years for it to triple again and another 33 years to triple. We have more money on the earth. We have more people. We have more things we can do and buy with that stuff. It's a good thing. Economy, capitalism, freedom, wonderful things, folks. Number 36, since 1995, 30 of the world's 109 developing countries have seen economic growth rates that amount to a doubling of income every 18 years. Another 40 countries have had rates that would double income every 35 years, which is comparable to the historical growth rate of the U.S. Translation, the rest of the world, or a whole lot of areas in the rest of the world, are catching on to this evolution, progress, quality of life thing, and that's really good for everybody as far as I'm concerned. Let's see. Number 37, the number of people in extreme poverty has fallen by an average of 137,000 people every day for the past 25 years. Whew. Let me read that again. Yeah, that's a pretty impressive one, yeah. Yeah, number of people in extreme poverty, this is in the world, has fallen by an average of 137,000 people every day for the past 25 years. Whoa. Okay, let's see. Yeah, that's a pretty, Number 38. That's, yeah, that's a pretty impressive. Yeah, that, that one sticks out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, number 38. Two centuries ago, the life expectancy in the Netherlands, the richest country in the world at the time, was just 40. In no other country was it above 45. Today, life expectancy in the poorest country in the world is 54. There are no countries where life expectancy is below 45. 
different countries making different progress at different rates, but progress, progress. And I'll bet you those people in those countries are pretty thankful. Let's see, number 39, when poverty is defined in terms of what people consume rather than what they earn. Oh, that's interesting. I never thought about that. Let me read that again. When poverty is defined in terms of what people consume rather than what they earn, the American poverty rate has declined by 90% since 1960, from 30% of the population to just 3%. I want to read that whole sucker again. That's one of my favorites. Hey, when poverty is defined in terms of what people consume rather than what they earn, the American poverty rate has declined 90% since 1960, less than my lifetime, from 30% of the population to just 3%. Okay? Making progress, folks. Try to keep it in perspective. Number 40, there are 180,000 people walking around the world today who would have been murdered just in the last year if the global homicide rate had remained at the same level from a dozen years ago. Can you read, can you read that one again? Yeah, yeah, that was a little confusing, I agree. There are 180,000 people walking around the world today who would have been murdered just in the last year if the global homicide rate remained at the same level from a dozen years ago. Oh, geez, yeah. Homicide's going down, folks. Yeah. Good stuff, Yeah. okay? Let's see, number 41. Between 1950 and 2009, the rate of death in traffic accidents fell sixfold. Mm-hmm. I get mad at my car sometimes because it tells me what to do. By and large, it's okay. You're, you're, I have to. Yeah, your car is a little, a little invasive. That that might be me too. Me not being able to curb some of the invasive. I think but it's probably for my own good. I think every setting available is on. It, well, that's because I'm a conservative guy. But yeah, but that, I'll tell you what though. So yeah, mine though does it. It has <laughs> auto brakes before, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, beat you, right? Yeah, beat you. Yeah, yeah. Think about that. There are times when I can see it coming and it starts warning me. And I'm like, take it easy. But then, but yeah, there are times when it, it actually does something useful and it's like, wow, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I, my, I love those little, what, what do you call it? The, on the mirrors, the blinkers, what do they call that? The side? Indicators, oh, the, side view mirrors? Yeah, the side view mirrors, the blind spot protectors there, yeah. the little bells and about that. Those, folks, if you're, if you're in your retirement, don't tell me you don't appreciate all the bells and whistles and safety that comes with the automobiles these days. Holy moly. Okay, let's see here. Yeah. No, I was just thinking Number about, four. I was just back to the cars again. I yeah. think about car cars, people not even wearing like seat belts yeah. and stuff. Oh, is that a telephone? Is that, thank you. All right. <laughs> all right, Tim, Tim's <laughs> alerting us. We have Rick in Marshfield. Good morning, Rick. All right, let's do it. Take us home, Rick. Uh, Take us home. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. I'm one of the long-time listeners, Mike. Uh, I've been there with you since the early 90s. Go figure. And, uh, Thank you. <laughs> and uh, also a procrastinator for 30-plus years to come in and see you, so <laughs> this will prompt me to do that real soon, as long as you can guarantee me a face-to-face with the real Mike McNamara for at least an intro. I tell you, Kirk, I've fooled a lot of people over the years looking older and gray, but it's, that's a good thing. It's, uh, Look, looking forward to it, Rick. What's on your mind, Dick? Tell us a happy story. 
All right. One of your earlier questions to start off with was where, with you being happy with when you were born. I would say I would benefit greatly from when I was born, 1954, uh, and I believe that that was a good thing for me. Good time to be born. I think what I got from that was to grow up through a period of time when there was a lot of changes going on, but started off with much simpler time back in the 50s, and I valued that, the family values, and uh, raised by members of the greatest generation, my dad, World War II veteran, Marine Corps, and just living a somewhat simpler life, if you will. I just jumping ahead a little bit there with the statistics you were putting out with regards to being safety issues and whatnot. I grew up in and you were a little bit before me, Mike, in a generation there was a lot of personal responsibility. You would see kids in school with scars and missing fingers and whatnot because everything wasn't childproof back then. So there was a little bit of a value to just being able to take care of yourselves. As far as being happy, I'm very happy to have had those resources and to this day being raised before a lot of high tech and with family values that I apply going forward. I think that opportunities are a huge part of things to be happy for and to regress just slightly there. I've never called in before, but i enlightened by your topic today. And like I said, I listen every week and at least once. And I think that it really opened my eyes. At first I thought to myself, I really don't have anything specific to say. And then I thought about it more and I said, you know what? There is so much to be uh, to be thankful for today. And uh, as somewhat of a conservative-minded person, there's a lot that will beat you down right now. And I don't fall into that. This was an opportunity to look at the good things. So I, I do appreciate that. I uh, Go ahead, Mike. Thank you. You, you sound like you been appreciative of it for a long time. This just didn't come to you as a result of the show, basically, right? Just kind of glad to be alive and glad to be born when you were and where you were, basically. Correct? No, absolutely, Mike. And I think that my career started off in a work-study program in high school. I wasn't college-bound by choice. And plus, back then, there was an expense that a blue-collar family and whatnot. My mother was a, a housewife, which was... Uh, the way we were brought up, I have two older brothers, and uh, and that was a good way to live. And but there wasn't a lot of expendable income either, and so you learn to be a little bit more frugal in that respect. But that was all good. So I went into automotive trade, something that I value today. But then it was a short matter of time before I just really noticed, even in the automotive business, that I just liked helping people when they would come in for the problem with their car at night and they were stuck. I'd try to help them out and get them going and get them ready for work in the morning and they'd appreciate it. So I liked that. And that later led me to a 40 plus year career, recently retired, 40 plus year career in law enforcement. That was something that I can't I can't emphasize enough how much I valued that career. And it was different the way I went in. I went in because I enjoyed helping people. And it sounds corny when I say that, but it's true. And the cops and robbers part of it, I had some really interesting positions over the years. I got to see that side of it very well. But the best part of it was just being on the street in uniform and approachable and people would talk to you and they'd bring their children over to you and to meet you and whatnot and 
in light of today and all the negatives towards law enforcement, I think that the the days that I came up through the years were uh, most most appreciated and enjoyable. Enjoyable. Rick, I want to thank you for your call. The music means we're, uh, we're running out of time here, but make sure, if you haven't already, please give Tim your phone number and all that stuff, and we do appreciate the call. Yes. So this is McNamara on Money. We're going to be, this is Kirk Reed and Mike McNamara. We've been doing a Be Happy, Be Thankful show today. So thank you to all of our callers, and have a great weekend. Mm-hmm.